Hello, how are you doing? Welcome to Season 3, Episode 9 of Be Bougie, Be True, Be You. I'm Charlotte Jones. I hope you are having a lovely week, whatever you're getting up to. Did you go and see any fireworks? I mean, I think I say this every year, but this time of the year is my absolute favourite. I'm not a fan of Halloween. Let's get that out the way and move to firework night, and then it's basically Christmas, isn't it? And I have to say, last weekend was probably the wettest weekend in existence. I mean, I know I'm being dramatic, but honestly, it did not stop raining on Saturday or Sunday at all. I don't know how any of the fires actually lit in the first place. We still went to our local one, so did quite a lot of people. There was a good turnout. I really wasn't sure. Once it got to about four o'clock and it wasn't stopping, I just thought no one's going to go. Or I had this fear suddenly that we were all going to go park in the field and everyone's going to get stuck in the mud because it was just so wet. But that didn't happen. I didn't see anybody get stuck. Um, The fire did light. It didn't light amazingly. Like they kind of lit it in the middle and it kind of spread a little bit, but never really caught the edges. It kind of just sort of disintegrated down the middle. And I don't know what happened after the fireworks because we did make a pretty quick exit because it was still raining. So, but the fireworks were amazing and I had a lovely time. And now I'm just buzzing because it's the countdown to Christmas. Moving on now to this week's episode. And in complete and total irony, it is about perfectionism, particularly perfectionism in our romantic relationships. But As luck would have it, I recorded this episode on Monday and I just had a bit of editing and tweaking to do, which I was planning to do today to release as I'm recording this now on Wednesday. I don't actually know what the date is. I think it's the 8th of November. Um, This episode should have been out two and a half hours ago, but life being life and things not being perfect, for the first time ever, my trusty Mac deleted the recording I had like a random two minute snippet and I don't know what happened to the rest and I can't find it. And yesterday I had a migraine and was stuck in bed all day. So here we are, it's Wednesday and the podcast is going to be coming out on either Thursday or Friday, depending how good I am at getting this out today. We will see. But without me complaining anymore, let's start this week's episode. You're listening to Be Bougie, Be True, Be You with Charlotte Jones, the podcast to chat about a little bit of anything and everything. Up until around May this year, when I started working with my lovely coach, Linda, I had no idea that I was a perfectionist. And that's because if you were to ask me to describe the characteristics of somebody that I would consider to be a perfectionist, I would say that when you were at school, they were the kids that always had a very neat hairstyle, they looked very put together, their uniform was always immaculate, they would get very good grades, and if there was a subject they were struggling with, they would study almost obsessively until they still got a really good grade. And then if you went back to their house, and then you went into their bedroom, you would just see that everything had a place and again very tidy very organized then that would follow through into college and university again when we had a bit more independence and freedom but there would be certain students and people that would be on your course that would complete their coursework a week early it would already be submitted and they'd be chilling again room always tidy everything very put together 
And then as we became adults and moved into the working world, you would start meeting people at work who would be there well before anybody else. They would stay well after everybody had gone and never seemed stressed or flustered, but they just seemed very in control of their emotions. They knew their social diary three months in advance. They never seemed to double book themselves, but also had time to be available for plans. And just basically someone who was put together in every sense of the word to me as a perfectionist, because they've always taken that time to make something perfect. And if I was to describe me throughout my childhood, and especially throughout my early 20s, it's safe to say that was not me. I mean, my hair and my uniform would look all right, especially at junior school, because that was my mum's responsibility. But I had this belief that I wasn't very intelligent or I wasn't very good at school, so I didn't try very hard. I hated being there. I used to use any excuse possible to get out of going to school. I would do terribly in all my exams and my coursework. I very rarely got a C. That would be good for me. If I got a C, it was like someone getting an A star. My room was always a mess. I had clothes everywhere. Occasionally, I'd spend a Sunday thinking, no, I need to be a grown-up. I can tidy this. I can do this. And I'd spend a few hours doing it. But by the following Friday, it would be a mess again. And I would get really resentful and think, I'm just going to live in the mess. What's the point? And as I went into college, things changed slightly because I did media studies and it was the first subject I felt I really enjoyed and got quite passionate about. And the first exam we did, I got one mark off an A and I was so in shock. I'd never got a B in my life, let alone a high B. It started to dawn on me that, oh, maybe I'm not as stupid as I thought I've been. Maybe if I try, I can be okay at things. So I started to put more effort in. I started to turn up to college and then that followed to uni as well. However, my room stayed a mess. And when I was at uni, my ex-boyfriend would come to visit and that would usually be every two weeks or every four weeks, depending. That's the only time my room would get cleaned. Luckily, for the two years we were together at uni, I never had a lecture on a Friday. So I would gut my room from top to bottom. I would pull everything off the shelves. I would dust them within an inch of their life. I would deep clean my bathroom. My roommates, it became a bit of a standing joke. They were like, oh, he's coming, is he? Oh, it's Friday, is it? It must be. Charlotte's actually tidying. And that's the only time it got cleaned. So for that whole two years, he believed I was a really tidy person. I mean, soon after uni, he learned that wasn't the case. But I used to get stressed out and I used to think I can't live perfectly, so what's the point? Like, I can't live like other people live. How do other people seem to have it together? I can't seem to have it together in the way that they do, so what's the point in trying? And when it came to my social diary, I would regularly, this is something that does still happen, I'll double book myself quite a lot because I forget and I don't always write things down. So it's only when someone goes, are you still coming tomorrow? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm already going over here now. I forgot about this. That will still happen. Or I just forget everything altogether. So when you hear that, that doesn't sound like a perfectionist. That sounds like somebody that could be a bit of a hot mess or a bit overwhelmed or a bit scatty. I'd probably call myself a scatterbrain over a perfectionist. And when I started having conversations with Linda and talking about the thought processes that were behind my actions and learning what I used to feel and think in day to day, not necessarily what I was doing, that's where we uncovered my perfectionism because I was so afraid of doing something badly or wrong that I just wouldn't do it. And if I deliberately did it badly or made a choice not to do it, it felt safer to me. So I would rather fail or not do something than try 
and it go wrong. Like the thought of it not being perfect or as good as it could be felt unbearable. So I just pulled out and almost deliberately made myself look the opposite of somebody that was perfect because I felt I could never match up to my own ideas of perfectionism. With all that being said, there is one area of my life that for as long as I can remember, I do know I have had an issue with perfectionism and I have made a huge effort to make this area of my life look perfect in any way possible to anyone that could see it. And that is my love life. That is who I've been in a relationship with. And it became such a strong need. It was almost like a habit. So I was picking up habits and I had no awareness of what I was doing. Now, we all know that social media plays a big part in how we're feeling and we will use it differently depending on what kind of mood we're in. So I feel like that's the first one and the obvious one to say and get out the way is, yes, of course I would post pictures. And sometimes if I was feeling vulnerable, I would post a picture looking like I was loved up because it would somehow make me feel a bit better in that moment. But it was also in the conversations I was having with my friends and family and the people closest to me. If I saw an opportunity to somehow make my ex and I look good, look like a strong couple, maybe look like the best couple, I would grab that opportunity with both hands and run with it. In my early 20s, there was a period where a couple of different friends were getting married. And I went through this phase of comparing myself and my relationship to their relationship and to the way that they were planning their wedding. And anything I didn't agree with or I thought just basically wasn't me, which it shouldn't be because it's not my wedding, hello, (laughs) I would make a comment, obviously never to them, but when I was in my ex's house and we'd be sitting down having chit chat and all that, I got into this habit of constantly talking about why would they do it that way? Why wouldn't you just do it like this? Oh, well, my ex and I, we would do it this way, surely. That just seems like the more obvious option and things like that. And I would get into this cycle until the point where my ex's dad called me out on it. And I am so glad that he did. But again, I was sitting there and I was chit-chatting with his mum and I was doing this again of why would they do it like that? I just don't really get it. And he just popped up into the conversation and he said, well, Charlotte, maybe they're doing it that way because they want to do it that way. And I felt so awkward because I knew he had a point. I knew he was right on the money. And usually when you get called out, you go one of two ways, don't you? Especially when you're in your early 20s, you either get all defensive and stroppy or you kind of just go awkwardly quiet. And I went awkwardly quiet. But I did think about it. And I started to think, why am I doing this? This is not who I am. Like, what is this need to keep wanting to look the best or look better? Because I don't understand. And through therapy and counselling and having conversations, what I wasn't putting together and connecting the dots to is that within a year before that, my ex and I, our relationship had ended twice he broke up with me on two separate occasions in fact he broke up with me more than that but there were two like official proper breakups where we were separated for about two months and the relationship only got back together because I got us back together I went in all needy and got the relationship back up and running so he would end it with me and he showed no sign of wanting me back I would just go in and be like nope this is wrong we need to be together and somehow convince him to get back together so I was feeling painfully insecure And I was becoming more and more aware that my ex had this habit of if there was an issue, which was pretty much any issue, big or small, 
if he didn't know how to deal with it, he would offer a breakup as a solution because it seemed to be the only way to deal with the problem. But he was also very hard to communicate with and he couldn't communicate very well and he didn't like to talk about things. And I was the extreme opposite of that. In just as negative way, I would over talk, I would over communicate, I would over analyze and over obsess. And because of that, I started to get into this thing where I knew I was in a relationship where I was walking on eggshells. I couldn't be myself or really show what I needed or what I was struggling with because I knew the solution would be, well, we might as well break up then. So because of that, rather than let anybody know that, I just made it my life's mission to prove to everybody that we were this perfect, amazing couple because if they believed it, then that was the validation I needed to reassure me because I wasn't actually getting the reassurance in my relationship. So I was using the validation of others to give me a quick fix of feeling better. And it became a bit of an obsession. It was a bit like, it was a bit like an addiction, to be honest. It was like whenever I felt insecure and I couldn't get the validation I needed where I should have been getting it, which is also from myself, not just my ex. But I would then put something on social media to get loads of likes or comments, or I would go and have a conversation and really focus on when something was good, I would also blow it up to make it much bigger than it really was. So when something, you know, in happy, healthy relationships, little gestures are done all the time that make you feel loved and ah and gooey. And sometimes you chat about them, but sometimes they just become normal. So also it's just nice and you don't need to share it with everybody all the time. But my last relationship didn't always feel like that. So anytime there was a small gesture, I would make it such a big deal. I'd go to all my friends and be like, oh my God, he did this, it was so amazing and yada, yada. And I'd go on and on and on about it because I wouldn't know when that feeling would come again. So again, I was creating this own sense of giving myself a validation hit. And people picked up on it, not just the scenario, like I said, with my ex's dad, but my own friends. In fact, this episode inspiration came from a conversation with one of my oldest friends a couple of weeks ago. We were voice noting, it was getting silly late. We should have really been going to bed. And you know, when your conversations go off on more and more tangents and we were talking about our past relationships and something she said to me was, Charlotte, I hope you don't mind me saying, but when you had that need for everything to look perfect, like you put so much pressure on everything to be perfect all the time. And I laughed, I was like, you're right, I did. And what was so lovely about that is I realized that I don't do that anymore. I am not that person anymore. I have gone from the person now, don't get me wrong, I still use social media a lot, I love social media, but I used to have this compulsive need to post everything and post things that you don't necessarily post because again, it was proving to the world I was in this happy relationship and it was validating my relationship whenever I felt unsure or I wasn't feeling safe in it. And when I say safe, I mean emotionally safe that I could trust that this relationship was gonna be sturdy and stand the test of time, even when we got married. And what was really lovely is when my friend said that comment to me, I just felt this huge wave of relief. I also felt this tinge of sadness for the girl that I used to be. And that relief was that I am no longer this girl that needs the validation of the outside world to live my life, to know that I'm living my life in the right way. This is going to sound so cheesy and cringy, but just bear with me because I've started it. So I'm going to go with it now. But do you know how I stopped being the girl that needed validation, that needed everything to look perfect? I'm so scared if people thought they could see a crack in something that it would mean everything was going to fall apart. I stopped being, I should say woman really, (laughs) I stopped being that woman 
when my life hit rock bottom and I realized it didn't kill me. I was still alive. Um, after that first couple of weeks of realizing that the thing you thought would absolutely destroy you didn't destroy you, you feel a little bit sassy and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, of course it didn't feel nice and it was really upsetting, but I'm okay. I'm still breathing. And then when you get sassy, you start to feel a little bit more confident and you start to do a bit more and you start to enjoy your own company. I mean, my situation was I was in lockdown alone, so I literally had to learn how to enjoy my own company. And I started to learn the bits that I really liked about myself and the bits that I thought I was quite fun or quite silly and the bits that I struggled with, the bits that I wasn't as keen on about myself, I learned to start to accept them anyway. And again, the more I learned to accept those parts, the less I noticed I was needing validation for those parts. And again, validation can just be going into your friend's group chat and doing voice notes where you awkwardly talk about something to do with yourself that you don't like, and then you talk about it again and again because you need the reassurance it's not that bad. But when you accept yourself with everything the bits that you like and the things you think you don't like the more you accept it the less you're going to worry about it and the less you're going to need others to tell you you don't need to worry about it and then you start to feel proud of yourself because you realize you've overcome something you really believed wholeheartedly you would never get over and you realize that not only are you over it but you're thriving and the more you do that and the more you create the sense of safety within yourself That means when the relationship comes along that is right for you, one, you will have that sense of self-safety, which is so important and it's crucial before you get into any relationship. But it also means that you will choose somebody that is more suited to you because you're not making any choices based out of fear. You are making these choices based out of what you notice you're enjoying and what works for you over than scared of being alone or whatever you are feeling scared of. And then the cherry on top, is that your partner will make you feel safe, will make you feel loved, will make you feel happy in a way where you really couldn't give a crap what anybody says about your relationship because you just know the way that you are feeling is how you should always be feeling and it feels so good that you don't need the opinions of others and you can enjoy that feeling for yourself and it's such a nice, good place to be and if you can get there, it is honestly so worth it and it takes time. I was on my own for two years before I met my partner and I really had to harness that. And actually being alone, I enjoyed a lot more than I thought I would. And that's where I started to feel proud of myself. But it really is about the hard days, the days you're struggling. If you have a day where you're panicking that you're single and you want all these things and you don't know if they're gonna come or when they're gonna come. If you have one of those vulnerable days, which we all do, it's learning to comfort yourself through that and be like, but I know I'll be okay. I'll sleep this feeling off and tomorrow I'll feel better. And usually you do feel better. And one of the many things that I love about my partner now is that from the very first day I met him, I realized he did not care what people thought about him. And if someone's opinion about him bothered him, it bothered him for about two minutes and he was moved on and he generally would forget about it. And he has always been himself, again, from that very first moment he spoke to me when we met. He has never been anybody else. He has never tried to prove anything. He has never tried to disprove anything. He is so carefree in the way that he lives his life. And he doesn't worry what others are going to say or what they're going to think. He does what works for him. And he will joke with me 
Because if I'm not careful, that old habit might pop up a little bit, especially in the early days of our relationship, where I would just think, oh, what if someone thinks this? And I would talk to him about it. And within half an hour, I wouldn't care what people think again. And now we're a year in, it doesn't happen at all. I am so contented with my own life that if people want to think something, they are more than welcome to, and that is entirely up to them. And it's lovely to be in a dynamic where I watch somebody. And I think this is where, when they say opposites attract, we have so many similarities, but the differences that we have are in these key parts where they balance themselves out so well. Because where I can be someone that can get nervous and worry about the opinions of others, he never has done. And we can meet in the middle on that. And he teaches me every day. And I have felt my confidence grow every day to really know that half the time, the things that you're worried about doing or saying, as long as you're not trying to hurt anybody, you're fine. And being with somebody that is so carefree and comfortable being themselves, no matter what situation that they're in, has helped me grow more and more and more on those beliefs that I already had. And it will be in the tiny actions that you do. Like I was on holiday this year as a girl's holiday and there had been some cheeky people that had reserved these sunbeds with the umbrellas, but they literally hadn't been there all day. We'd been there for several hours and we were burning. We were getting so hot. And I was like, I'm not going to take the sunbeds, but I am going to take the umbrella. And then if they come back, they can have it back. And Charlotte a year ago wouldn't have done that, but, like, oh, but they put their towels there. They are those. And it got to this point where I was like, we've literally left this for four hours. There's no sign of these people. We have no idea who they are. We're going to borrow the umbrella. And if they want it back, I'll just go, there you go. But this is silly. And I wouldn't have done that. I would have been so scared of upsetting strangers that I've never met and I'm never going to see again over just having an adult conversation or just going for it and seeing what happens. And I know that's not necessarily the best example, but as I said in the introduction, I've had a migraine this week. I think I've got sinusitis. My brain is a little bit scrambled, so I need to listen back to this episode and actually make sure I've got my points across. So I really hope that I have. I hope that you've got something from this episode if you are somebody that really feels you need the opinions of others to feel good about yourself or your relationship. What I would love the biggest takeaway to be is that the moment you feel safe within yourself, firstly alone and then in a relationship, and you can work on yourself and your self-safety while you're in a relationship, But once you start to do that and trust yourself and know yourself and love yourself, and I know this is the advice that we get told for so many things, but when you work on that and you do genuinely love yourself for who you are and know that you are loved and that you don't need to be fancy or have really good grades or an amazing job or some fancy skill to be thought of as special, you are special and lovable without anything just by being who you are. And when you know that about yourself, this need for perfectionism will start to fade away. And of course, there are going to be insecure days and days that you just, you need that validation and that's okay, but acknowledge it and it will pass much quicker. And those days will be fewer and fewer and further between. (laughs) And on that note, before I waffle any longer, I'm going to leave this episode here, but I hope you enjoyed it. If you've got any thoughts you want to share with me, please do message me on Instagram at Charlotte Jones Presents. And I will see you soon.